with that. All right, let's get into the Word. If you don't mind, you're in the sanctuary, you're at home. If you're here, just stand up where you are. If you're at home, turn to Luke chapter 18. Uh, I'm going to read several verses in your hearing. You can go to our the Brown U Version Bible app. You can click on that, click on live events, and you can download a digital copy of today's sermon notes to your device. Doesn't matter if you're iOS or Android. If you're on Android, we're still praying for you. Amen. Amen. We're still praying that you get saved. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. Now, this is really an introductory message for the series. Uh, of course, our theme for 2022 is hope is ahead. And I am convinced that what we need and what the world needs is hope. We need to know that there's something beyond us that, that, that we can look forward to. Not that we're denying where we are, but all, oftentimes you need to have that push to keep you going forward. But for the next several weeks, I'll be dealing with the, the micro theme of pray first. Pray first. And if you notice, when you open up your prayer guide, first two words at the top left would be pray first. It is my belief that oftentimes prayer is the last thing that we do. And for many believers, prayer has become a last resort. Once I've done everything that I can do, then I'll start praying. And that is the exact opposite of what the Lord requires from us. Luke chapter 18, those that are found to say, I've got it. I'll begin reading at verse 1 of Luke chapter 18. It says, now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Somebody say amen. You may be seated in the sanctuary. I want to put a tag on this text, and I want to preach from the subject, the power of persistence, the power of persistence. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for being present with us online and in person. Father, you saw fit for us to transition over into 2022. We are confident that that is because you have work for us to do. And so, Father, I pray right now that every person, every believer under the sound of my voice would embrace their calling. That this year, every one of us would walk into the purpose with which we've been called. And Father, we understand that it begins with prayer, seeking your will for our lives, 
hearing from you when you speak to us through your word. Oh God, move in this place on today. Father, as we lay this foundation for 2022 with prayer, as we set ourselves aside and consecrate ourselves with fasting. And Father, I'm praying as pastor that every member of our faith community would do his or her part to truly seek your face in this season. And Father, as we seek, may we find. In Christ Jesus, we pray that everyone say amen. Amen. The power of persistence. Thank you so much, ushers, for all that you do, as well as our AV and musicians. Here's our big idea for today's message. And again, um, on the Version Bible app, you can find everything you need there. Here's a big idea. As we persist in prayer, we will experience victory. As we persist in prayer, we will experience victory. It's always too soon to quit. And even more specifically, it's always too soon to quit on God. As a matter of fact, ever, ever, as I get ready to deliver this message, I want you to find someone with an eyesight and tell them, don't ever quit on God. It's always too soon to quit on God. There are certain experienced blessings that await believers who have learned the value of perseverance, of persistence, the value of hanging in there, the value of waiting upon the perfect timing of God. And so, beloved, as we learn how to persist with God, we will unearth rare blessings from God. Oh, you missed a little shot right there. As, as, we, as we learn how to persist with God, we will unearth Rare blessings from God. Rare blessings. There are some things that persistent prayer gives that very few things can, can give us. There are some victories that persistent prayer gives that very few things can give us. Now, let me be clear. I, I don't want to send mixed signals. I want to give this as a foundational statement. We don't ever get to tell God what to do. You often have to say this when it's time for a prayer and fasting season. We don't ever get to tell God what to do. That ain't prayer, that's foolishness. And I need for you to understand if you ever have any doubt, any confusion of what you heard on television or these social media preachers, we don't get to tell God nothing. That is not prayer. Ha, ah, however, we are privileged to lay our concerns before him. And in his own perfect way, his own perfect time, in his own perfect will, we receive replies from God that are perfect for our situation. 
I got to say that one more time. We are privileged to lay our concerns before God, and in God's own perfect will, he replies with the perfect response for us. A brother named Ivan found himself in a Soviet prison camp. One day, Ivan was praying with his eyes closed when a fellow prisoner notices him and says with ridicule, prayers won't help you get out of here any faster. Opening his eyes, Ivan answers, I don't pray to get out of prison, but to do the will of God. Oh, I need a witness up in here. He says, I'm not praying to get out. I'm praying to do God's will, whether I'm in here or out there. And that is what happens when believers pray in faith. Something shifts on the inside of us. See, either God will grant us our heart's desire or God will change the desires of our heart. But either way, we'll get the victory. And I got to pause here parenthetically to ask the question, is there anybody in the house that you prayed for something till you prayed and cried? God didn't give you what you wanted, but before you noticed, you had changed your prayer request. That, my brothers and sisters, is what persistent prayer affords. And this is the issue that Jesus brings before his disciples. Jesus is always in prep mode. He wants to get his disciples ready for not only his departure, but for that in the meantime before his return. See, he understands that he's getting ready to jet. He's getting ready to leave. And, and, and as he leaves, he needs to ensure that all disciples of Christ are aware of certain things. And so Jesus he gives them the best line of both offense and defense. I'm counting on you, Cowboys, 330 against the Cardinals. I'm counting on you. He gives the best line of offense and defense, which is prayer. I need you to catch that. Your best weapon is prayer. Your best defender is prayer. Y'all, I, I wish I learned this lesson 20, 30 years ago. I, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and pain if, if, if I would have just humbled myself and, and laid that situation before the Lord. But lest I digress, in this singular verse, this one verse, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, we gain the theme and thrust of this entire section. Listen to verse 1 again. It says, now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. I got to sip on that, y'all. That's so good. He told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. Y'all, this, 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 purse, this verse will preach by itself. I mean, listen to that. The need for them to pray always and not give up. Our best tool in our spiritual toolbox that keeps us from not throwing in the towel is prayer. That's your best tool. And I need for you to embrace that on this 
Second day of January 2022, my best tool in my spiritual toolbox that will keep me from not throwing in the towel is prayer. Those moments in our lives when our faith is most fragile is when we often choose not to pray. Those seasons in which we experience the defeat of sin and circumstances occur when we opt out of prayer. Those experiences filled with regret and remorse happen when we refuse to take it to the Lord in prayer. The song says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God. In prayer. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. Here is a sub theme of our message get ready to write. Prayer is essential. Oh, get that, y'all. Prayer is essential. It's a necessity for the life of a believer. See, as you step into 2022, find your place of prayer. Find your time for prayer and pray. Y'all miss that. So this is why many of us miss prayer. We have not scheduled prayer as a part of our daily routine. We know we're going to take a shower. We know we're going to brush our teeth. We know we're going to get dressed. We know we're going to go to work. We're going to stop and get our coffee. We know we're going to have for lunch. We know what's going to happen midday. We know what our objectives are on the job. When we get home, we know what shows we're going to watch. We know where we're going to go to get something to eat after work, and then we go to bed. As you step into 2022, Stephen Brown, find your place of prayer. Find your time for prayer. And pray. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says this way, Jesus woke up early in the morning while it was still dark, left his house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In that one verse, Jesus helps us to see that you got to have a place that you go. You got to have a time that is your time with the Lord. And then you got to do the doggone thing and pray. If you don't pray. You're going to give up. Yes, you will. If you don't pray, you will falter. If you don't pray, you will quit on God. Prayer. Prayer is essential. And so in this most profound parable that is laid before us, Jesus expounds the need for them and us to pray always and not give up. Look at verse 2. It says, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. In this parable, we have an ungodly judge 
and a persistent widow. Stay with me. Let me teach you a little while. It must be noted that this ungodly judge is placed in contrast with our God. It's important to understand that Jesus is showing how the unjust judge is the exact opposite of our just God in both his essence and his activity. I need you to catch that because what's happening in the text is Jesus is showing how God is not. He is demonstrating to us how God never acts with those to whom he loves. But as he shines a spotlight on this judge, we see in the text that this judge lacked righteousness. Get that down. The judge lacked righteousness. It says right there in verse 2. It says, there was a judge in a certain town who did not fear God or respect people. The judge lacked righteousness. Let me tell you, you know you're dealing with somebody crazy. Look at me. We always play games, call, you know, throwing people, you know, throwing those names around. He's just crazy. She's just crazy. No, very likely they're not. But let me tell you who is crazy. Somebody who doesn't fear God. I need you to hear me when I say that right now. Somebody who does not fear God. And I'm not just talking about that awe, that reverence. I'm talking about fear. See, there is a healthy fear that is found in honoring God. And I'm here to testify. My fear of God kept me to be 52 years of age. I ain't got no witnesses up in here. My fear of God, not fear of my mom and my dad and my brother. No, my fear of God. There was some times when I realized, God, I know you're looking at me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. This, this ain't for me. I, I know I chose. This ain't for me. I'm out. And as I left those situations, I could, I could sense the presence of the Lord all around me. But something happens when, when I stay in situations, God Almighty, and I ignore the promptings of God, I know that I'm making the worst mistake of my life. You want to know somebody who's crazy? They don't fear God. And this judge is crazy. Text says he doesn't fear God. And so as a result of him not fearing God, parenthetically, he has no respect for people. Oh, this, this is the natural outcome of an individual who doesn't reverence or fear God. That's why I got a lot of folk, you know, a lot of folk used to go to church. They fall out, cuss the pastor out. Don't get quiet on me now. Don't get quiet on me now. And I roll with it. I'm like, oh, that's all good, player. I know where you're coming from, bro. It's all good. All the, the hostility and vile, no fear of God, no respect for people. Y'all, the judge lacked righteousness, which makes it so unthinkable that this woman had to place herself in this position to petition with this individual. So the judge, the judge, the judge lacked righteousness, but if that's not enough, the judge, secondly, lacked empathy. Empathy. I mean, it's harsh when you hear this widow's story, 
And we understand in Old Testament scripture, even into the New Testament, that widows are a prized possession. They are a special people. Scripture is clear that we ought to protect and look out and cover and minister to widows. Why? Because they have the hedge that is over them has been removed. And so it's up to us, the community of faith, to come alongside. I need a witness up in here, at least from some widows, to come alongside and encourage and support them. This judge lacks, lacks empathy. So this, the lady in this widow in the text, she's not asking for much. She's not asking that, he, that the judge do something to them. She's just asking that she gets what she deserves. Oh, God. It says right there, and the widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling. It doesn't say why, perhaps because he didn't fear God and didn't respect people. But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, Yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. There's a lack of empathy. There's a complete lack of concern. There is nothing on the inside of this judge that will motivate him from the kindness of his heart to minister to this woman. And yet... This judge who doesn't respect people, who doesn't fear God, the text says, he eventually judged justly. But not because of his concern for the widow, but because of his concern for his own peace of mind. See, her persistence persuaded the judge. I need you to get that down. Her, her persistence persuaded the judge. The judge could care less about this widow or anyone else for that matter. But I want you to pause because I don't want you to say this is how God expects us to come to him. Because that's a, a natural response to this text. This is not what's happening in the text. The judge contrasts God. Jesus' point was this, persistence is effective with unjust judges. Watch me now. So then how much more will it be effective with a righteous judge? Oh, I hope you didn't miss your shout. He, he said, listen, these unjust judges, yeah, you got to be persistent with them. But with a righteous judge, God the Father, you ain't got to worry because he's there, he's listening, and he's able to grant you your heart's desire. See, somebody needed to hear that. Because for some unusual reason, you think that, that God ain't hearing you, that God don't love you, that God does not have your best interest, that God has stopped answering your prayers. Y'all, we serve a righteous judge. Somebody say righteous. Come on, somebody say righteous. We serve a righteous judge. So we don't ever have to find ourselves in the situation that this widow is in. That's not how God deals with us. That's not how God deals with you. So before I get to this last section, I want you to just think about what it is you've been praying on. Think about the situation you've been laying before the Lord. Think about the anxiety you found yourself in because 
you, you feel like you're not getting the answer. Now allow the Spirit to settle you. Know that you serve a righteous judge. So, beloved, when we persist in prayer to our righteous judge, a few things take place right here in the text. First of all, I want you to get this. It's so important. Let me read the text first. Look at verse 7, the 8 clause. He says, will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? I hope y'all saw that. Here's here's an additional point I want you to get. Number one, God grants. G-R-A-N-T-S. God grants. He says it right there. He says, now we talked about this unrighteous judge and how he doesn't fear God, he doesn't respect people, but, but, but will not God, the righteous judge, grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? See, Jesus wants us to understand. He knows that you will cry out night and day, but you got to know that you know that you know that when you cry out to the God of justice, God grants. Now, in particular, we're dealing with justice, but I want you to know he'll, he grants what you need. And God is so, is so good, sometimes he'll give you what you want. Woo, I need a witness right there. God grants. But watch this. Oh, before you run out of here, before you turn me off, it is first of all according to his will. See, this is the part that believers have to maturely embrace. Remember Ivan in the Soviet prison camp. He didn't pray for release. He prayed to do God's will. So however God manifested his will, Ivan was going to rejoice according to his will. Yeah, God grants justice, blessings, whatever the answer is that you stand in need of. And what I love the way Jesus describes, he describes it clearly. He says, watch this. You're going to pray day and night. Doesn't matter when you pray. Doesn't matter if if you're early morning riser like my wife or you're a late morning riser like me. God is there and he's positioned to hear. And, And what I love about the Lord, he is always available, always able. And here's where you ought to really shout. Because according to the text, everyone doesn't have this blessing. He says it right there. His elect. Believer, you are his elect. You, we've been chosen by him. So he's already demonstrated advocacy for us. God demonstrated his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Somebody say God grants. Come on, say it. God, God grants. Type it in the comment section. God grants. And I need for you to know the righteous judge, he's got you covered. But not only God grants, secondly, God is gracious. I'll get that down. God, God 
is gracious. God is gracious. Text says, will he delay helping them? The implied answer is no. But this is where it gets tricky because some of you say, Pastor, I've been asking the Lord for something I know is within his will. I know it's right. I know it's what's best, but I still ain't got it. And yet you tell me here that, that he won't delay and help me and, 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 and I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got it yet. You know, there are some things that we have to tarry. There are some things I've discovered. I'm not going to give your testimony, but I've discovered that some things I've asked for that were in alignment with his will, that were according to his word. But watch this. I wasn't ready. Y'all got to hear me. Y'all got to hear me. And y'all don't want to hear that. You think you ready, but I, I just need for you to know that it is a possibility that you ain't ready. Because God's timing is perfect. And God has never disappointed according to his time. And now, in contrast to the unjust judge, God doesn't make us wait for waiting's sake. See, that's what the unjust judge did in this text. He just made her wait because he had the power to make her wait. That's not the kind of righteous judge that we serve. He doesn't make us wait for waiting's sake. God is gracious. And in my own experience, the Lord sometimes wants to know how bad do you really want to stay? Is this just a today thing that you're going to forget about tomorrow? Or do you really want transformation? If there is a delay, Stephen Brown, it is for your development and not a reflection of God's character. Why? Because he's righteous. He's just. He's kind. He's gracious. God grants. God is gracious. I'm finished with this last one. God seeks the faithful. Right there in the text. God seeks the faithful. Remember, Jesus is getting them ready for his departure for this in the meantime period in between his advents, this, he's already come. That's his first advent. He is preparing them for his second advent, his second coming. Watch this, y'all. We're still in that period. So the question is posed by the Lord. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Amen, amen. Remember, Jesus is preparing because he wants us to be ready. And if it's one thing I've discovered from all of the pandemics, from all of the drama, from all of the loss, from all of the horrible situations, the more stuff I go through, the more confident I am for the next challenge that comes in my way. I don't know about y'all, I've been going through some stuff as you have. So now when a challenge comes, I don't pull my hair out. Parenthetically, did y'all notice the pastor cut his hair back off? Y'all ain't pay attention. See, y'all ain't. 
I didn't pull it out, I cut it. Never mind, that's not the point. But the point is this. When you go through situations, it is up to you to grow through those situations. So this in-between time, which is now, is when we find the need to pray always and not give up. Y'all, this is when people start giving up. And y'all can tell, I, I see it daily. People falling away from the faith, renouncing Christianity, saying the church ain't about nothing. Y'all ain't doing it. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. I don't need y'all. y'all. And I'm just watching it happen person after person, family after family, home after home. This is when folks are giving up. The time... When the Son of Man comes, it's coming. It's coming. Will he find you faithful? Will he find greater Bethlehem faithful? That that keeps us faithful from not giving up is prayer. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we, we thank you. For prayer. We understand fully. Father, the temptations are so great. People are giving up on everything. So now, Lord, I'm asking that you touch every person under the sound of my voice, in person, online, doesn't matter. Father, give us the persistence of this will. But help us to be mindful that we're not petitioning an unjust judge. We're petitioning a righteous judge. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. So Father, with every concern gathered corporately, virtual and in person, we lay it before you right now. Father, may we find the peace that is exchanged when we give you all of our hearts, concerns, and anxieties. May we experience the freedom that is only found in a thriving, active prayer life. So, Father, I pray for every dad and husband under the sound of my voice that you would convict 
us to lead our families in daily prayer. That you would convict us to do our part in leading our families spiritually. Father, I pray for our singles and our widows that you would grant them grace to be faithful. Grace to know that your plan doesn't always feel good, but it is good. Good meaning it's working out for our good and for your glory. So, Father, may we trust your timing even in these seasons. Father, put a hedge around our singles and our widows. Allow them to sense your presence even in the midst of the chaos that surrounds them. Father, I pray for our church that this would truly be a house of prayer. So during these next seven days, Father God, help every single one of us to pray first. To pray first. To pray first. And Father, we ask all of this submitted by faith. Give God a hand of praise right where you are, right where you are.